Welcome to episode 36 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Contrary to a new popular belief, scripture shows us that love and the law do not oppose one another. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. In the last two podcasts, I've talked about several presuppositions, I think, that are affecting some of today's uh, hyper-grace theology, especially dealing with Andy Stanley's book, Irresistible, where he says that we should unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament and make some other very startling statements as well. The third preposition I want to talk to you about today is the concept that the law and love are somehow opposed to one another. And you hear this statement often, if you really love God, you don't need somebody to tell you what to do. Or if you really love God, you don't need the law. And that sounds very cliche, and that's exactly what it is, because it has no theological content whatsoever. The fact is that God is the definer of love. We are not the definer of love. So in no place, shape, or form are we able to say, because we are just so righteous or so wonderful, we'll automatically figure out how to love each other and how to love God. Now, this is very easy to prove for anybody who's been married more than a week. Guys, come on, you got a big smile on your face right now. Your wife looks at you and says, do you love me? What do you mean, do I love you? Well, what she's saying is, uh, I want you to show your love to me in different ways. So you can totally love somebody and completely miss how they want attention, affection, or devotion shown to them. And I think there are a lot of people that believe that they have a pure heart, which is, number one, a deception. And then number two, because they have this alleged poor heart, that they actually know how to love and nobody can tell them what to do. I did a little Bible research, and I found the word love in the New Testament just about 150 times. But I will tell you this, 111 times in the New Testament, it does not tell us just to love, it tells us how to love. It gives a specific thing that we should do to love somebody. For instance, if you were going to go... Just one text would be Romans 13. Of course, 1 Corinthians 13 would work, right? That tells what love is and what love isn't. That's a definition of love. So God's word defines love. And I'm going to get somewhere with this. But if you go to Romans uh, 13 and you pick it up anywhere in there where he's talking about, uh, you know, the body of Christ and how we relate to one another, if you just started in verse 9. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what was the context of which Jesus defined love? It was the law. It was the Old Testament law that he defines love. Then he goes on and embellishes. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Do this knowing the time that it is already an hour to awaken from sleep, for now salvation is nearer than we first believed. So he's telling us, he's giving us a definition of love. Jesus did not invent 
his own definition of love. He personified what love was. Love and the law are not opposed to one another. Like I said, 111 times in the New Testament, it tells us how to love. There are some generic ones for sure, but they are a minority where they just say things like, well, love one another without giving a lot of description. But I think if you read the text, you could even move that number. Here's what's interesting. 29 times, eight of those times in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us to love God and obey his commandments. I want you to think about that. 29 times that's repeated. 80 of those times are in the Old Covenant. In other words, we love God according to his commandments. Let me ask you a question. Do you think God wanted to be loved different in the Old Testament than he wants to be loved now? Of course not. God is the same. There is no shifting shout on him. The nature of God is that he's immutable. And what happens when we unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, we begin to say that somehow God has changed. Once God has changed, everything is a shifting sand, okay? And then man starts to make his definition. I don't want to be a prophet of doom or gloom, but I'm telling you, if if we unhitch ourselves from the New Testament, like we've already done to a large part, and this the gospel ship is drifting, the next issue is going to be, what? There is no biblical authority whatsoever. There won't be a heaven, there won't be a hell. In other words, when Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark to the, the guy that came to him, you know, you know, what must I do? And Jesus saying, the Bible says Jesus felt love in his heart for him, told him to go and sell all he had. Why did he tell him to do that? To prove that he really did not have love. Now, if somebody did that today, Oh my goodness, we'd be called a Pharisee, we'd be called a legalist, we'd be saying, who are we to tell people how they love God? You know, we cannot tell people how they should love God, but we can tell people what the Bible says on how to love God. God is the absolute definer of love. And this presupposition out there is that if we just have love in our heart that we do not need the law, it might sound cute, but it's gross error. God defines how we love him. God defines how we serve him. God defines how we honor him. And those definitions are found in scripture. He doesn't just say, love me like you feel like loving me. He does exhort us generically, if I could use that word, a number of times uh, to love each other, to love God. But then he'll he'll fill that in and he'll tell us exactly how we should love and the way that we should love and the things that we should do uh, as a result of the love of God that is within us. Now, when I talk about presuppositions, what I'm saying is they have surveyed the field and come up with these three items, and these are mine. Now, I want to be clear that I'm the one saying these are the three things. I'm not being dogmatic about it. I'm, these are my observations. Uh, the first one, I think they come out and say, and that is that Jesus was this just attractive uh, character that everybody loved, that he was just a wonderful personality that everybody loved. Jesus was very loving, but everybody did not love Jesus. Most people ended up hating Jesus. That's the truth. Number two, the second proposition 
is that when we offend somebody through the preaching of the gospel or acting out our convictions, then we have sinned. I've seen people really do the right thing, take a stand for righteousness with a meek spirit, somebody get offended or angry, and that person consternate over what they did wrong because we put this blanket on them and we've acted like if we, through our words, our actions, when they are righteous, I'm not talking about unrighteous or bad attitudes, uh, that if we do something like that to cause somebody to be offended or convicted or angry, then we're not being like Jesus. That's a wrong presupposition. We need to go back and read the Bible. And then the third thing uh, I share with you on this uh, time together was the concept that if we really love God, that we're automatically going to know how to love one another. We're automatically going to do the right thing. But I'm telling you, 111 times in the New Testament, it tells you specifically how to love. 29 times combined in the Old Testament and the New Testament together, it says if we love God, we keep his commandment or we keep his commandments, plural. Well, that's how you love God, by keeping his commandments. This is how you love me. We're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about favor. We're talking about loving God by the prescription that he desires to be loved by. Not that we desire to love by, but that he desires to be loved by. So I hope these things will help you a little bit. Uh, I am actually going to talk about some of the other ramifications of this type of false theology that is out there in our next couple times together. But I wanted to cover what I believe to be three false presuppositions that are leading many people astray. And I think the prophetic pastor, the prophetic leader in our day has really got to be armed with the word and address these things and teach from the scripture and let grace be defined by the scripture. Let law be defined by the scripture. Let love be defined by the scripture. Let the scripture define these things. Hey, it's been great being with you as always. uh, This is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Common. Today, Keith continued the discussion on false presuppositions. God is the same today as he was yesterday. And he will be the same tomorrow as he was today. When we unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament, we begin to declare that God has changed. Once God has changed, everything is a shifting sand. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, nrpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.